We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! Hey, welcome, welcome to our Love My Renovation Project. Of course, the My stands for Mike Young. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Had a lot of excitement this past week, and we'll get into that as we get into the show. But welcome to our show. We'll be discussing all things regarding renovation, whether either with the FHA 203K Loan Guarantee Program or Homestyle Renovation, just to name a couple. The VA renovation, I think there's six or seven other ones that we're involved with. Um, but hey, if you're a teacher, a fireman, a policeman, you know, prison guards, EMT, if you wear a badge to work, and it's for a public service, not for private guards, sorry guys and girls, um, how would you like to get 50% off on your new, your next home? You know, if you've been planning to buy a home and you just haven't, made that final decision uh, as to exactly where you might consider getting a hold of an FHA or VA foreclosure, a HUD foreclosure. Uh, call in and find out how we can do this. We'll tell you more about it at 888-627-6008. That's right, 888-627-6008 to be part of the show. You know, sometimes a homeowner may be working on a renovation project. They've already got a loan, but they've never done it before. They don't know the ins and outs. Their uh, consultant didn't feel that was their responsibility to explain them. Uh, believe it or not, we do have some consultants out there that don't think they have any responsibility except to create the scope of work. There's a whole lot more to it. But you find yourself between a rock and a hard place. You don't know who to turn to to get some information. Um, you call the loan officer that made the loan, but they're off making new loans. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't really have any input on that side of the fence. Once it closes, we're kind of out of it. So you contact the uh, loan coordinator or the draw coordinator, the one that's going to be paying the bills for you. And they said, that's not our job. We're not allowed to do that. And contractors really no help. So what are you going to do? Well, we have set up a website, 203k911.com. If you've got a problem with your renovation project and you don't mind discussing it on live radio, please call in. But if you don't want to do it on live radio, you want to do it privately. And we've helped hundreds, literally hundreds of people uh, with their 203k issues and their construction projects issues. Um, and, and most of it has been absolutely free. We don't charge you if we can help you over the phone. We'll tell you exactly what you need to do, uh, and you do it. Now, we do have a nominal charge if you ask us to do it for you. Uh, sometimes you're just so fed up, you know, the answers you're getting, and, and you want someone else to just take over the problem and help you work your way through that. We'll be happy to do that, too. But there is a charge if we decide uh, if you decide that you want to hire us to do the dirty work for you. 
But there are a lot of consultants listening to this program, and I want you all to know that if you need some uh, assistance, need to discuss an issue you're having, whether you took your training from us or not, uh, if you're having a problem and you just want some more input and you don't want it from your next-door neighbor because you don't want him to know how uh, the problem you're having, the issue you're having, you just want to figure it out, uh, then feel free to call us too. We help everyone. We'll help the lender marketing. Uh, we'll, we'll help everybody with marketing. We've, we've found over the years that the marketing aspect of the 203K is sometimes uh, quite an issue. It isn't really, but a lot of people think it is. But remember, your consultant is not your advocate, even though it might have seemed like that at first. They are not. The consultant's job is more to assist the client in creating a scope of work. That means putting the minimum property standards on that work scope and address any items that they want beyond uh, the minimum property standards. In addition, the consultant will provide an independent bid on your project before your contractor bids the job. This is all empowering to the borrower. You know, how many can say that they knew the cost of the project prior to hiring a contractor? That is so important, and it's all about what we do. I don't know, I did a one pro a project once that had a, my bid for 159000 and I did that in about four days. Might have been four and a half days, but the borrower then had chosen their single contractor who, after four and a half weeks, came up with a bid of 298 for the same scope of work. My, my bid, remember, was 159 What's scary is the client may have to may have taken that higher bid if they hadn't had a consultant to back them up. Um, the client asked me to choose another contractor to do the work. Anybody that you can get that'll do it for 159000 I want to hear about it. However, I asked her to find another contractor because I don't care if it's in the phone book from a friend or how you might find a contractor, and she found one right away. And he bid the job blind, never seeing our prices, not knowing anything about it. And he came up with a bid of 161000 And he did it in about a week. He put his bid together. Just $2,000 over my bid. She was shocked. The borrower was shocked in this case. And it turns out, she says, my, uh, my contractor was going to rip me off. Those are her words, not mine. In fact, he wasn't really doing that. He was a high-end contractor, totally out of her league for the home she chose to renovate. He spent his time renovating uh, bungalows, you know, craftsman-style bungalows. That's kind of what she wanted. But she didn't have a craftsman-style bungalow. And any contractor can do a, the job as we laid it out without those kind of expenses. But... The consultant may direct you to a contractor suitable for your project and construction type in many cases, though it isn't their job. In fact, HUD says contractors are not supposed to offer, con uh, consultants are not supposed to offer contractors for these projects. It's not our job. Uh, and, it, you know, you're never going to know if, if, there's no guarantee they'll do the same good job for you that they did on their last project. But it's not the 
consultant's responsibility, whoever you pick, even if the consultant did recommend somebody erroneously, uh, it's still the borrower's responsibility 100% to choose that contractor. So if you have a topic you'd like to discuss more um, in more specific terms, you don't want to be on the radio, go to uh, any of our websites, but 203k911.com, scroll down to the contact form, and we can address it live on our next show, like we're going to be doing here shortly, uh, and give you the answers privately with specifics. So call us if you want to be on the show at 888-627-6008, and you'll reach us in nice, sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. So let's get started. What is the start today? Oh, I got a call Friday from a homeowner who hired a consultant. Oh, they all start out like that way. <laughs> uh, contractor bid the job. I don't know how exactly how that all went, went down. The bid was accepted, and the contractor was told he could start the project. Oops. He wanted some upfront money. He was told, or at least he thought he heard, this, this was a limited 203K, and he could get 50% up front. Well, it was apparently a two, uh, limited 203K for about $35,000. Uh, it's actually not, but he thought it was. But he went over, and it flipped over to a standard 203K, and they used his bid. Well, big, big mistake. Became a standard 20K, 203K, so now the contractor has no upfront money. He's already strung out on another project. He has he wants out of the project. Uh, there's no money left over at this time in his business, so he's he's strapped. Without that ad advance, he has nowhere to go. He wants out of the contract. The owner's ready to let him out of the contract to oblige him. So the owner talked to a few other contractors and apparently showed them the bid. They walked through the bid, and several of them said, no, 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 there's not enough money in there to do that job. Interesting. Uh, when he called me, I asked him, well, what does your, your consultant's bid look like? And he, he said, I, my consultant didn't bid the project. What do you mean? <laughs> Why would he bid the project, right? Well, that's his job, you know. The consultant didn't create a scope, didn't create the scope of work and price it out with their own independent bid per the guideline. They had done so, had they done so, they would have easily realized that the bid was way too low. The owner should contact other contractors. Well, here's what we told them. The owner should contact other contractors, but do it blind. Have your consultant print out the scope of work with no prices in it, just the description of the work and get some bona fide bids like it should have happened in the first place. Why would you take one bid on any project ever? I can't think of a reason. If your consultant had given you a bid, you have two. You have your consultant's bid and you have your contractor's bid. At least you have something to compare it to. But when you get only one contractor's bid and he's not adept at giving bids, apparently is the case here, um, then he doesn't, he doesn't even know, nobody knows that you're 
behind and then and, and bid it too low. Nobody knew that. Had he had one other bid, you would have realized something's awry. I know years ago in uh, a project I was doing, I had two contractors bid a job. Uh, one bid $2,500. The other bid, I think it was about $12,000. And I called them both up and I said, hey, guys, uh, your bid is so far different than the other contractors. I would like it if you would just go over your numbers carefully and be sure that you haven't made any errors. So this was a project for my own use, and it was a storefront in uh, at a building that I was buying. So they did, and the one came back at 12.5 and said, no, I got no problems, everything looks right. And I said, okay, I'll get back to you after I hear from the other contractor. The other contractor came in and said, oh my God, I thank you so much. I forgot the Italian tile. I'd add $345 to the bid. So instead of 2500 it was 25345 We allowed him to do the bid, allowed him to do the job. The, the job, what it was, was the storefront windows had dropped straight down, and it turns out when we took the wall out that the two-by-sixes, all that was left was a little dust where every two-by-six was. So we got rid of the dust. The, this contractor framed it up and he poured concrete in that same slot so we would never, ever have that problem again. The second contractor was doing a... a hundred or $200,000 project for me across the street. And he walked over and he saw how this guy was pouring that with concrete. And he said, oh my God, I didn't even think of doing it that way. I was going to put it back the way it was. And I said, well, you know, when this is all put together and they put that Italian tile on there, you aren't going to be able to see what's inside. You know, and the guy said, I agree. I could have done it for a whole lot less money. And I said, well, he did. Um, appreciate you bidding the job, but it, it wasn't good enough. And that's what happens when you have these things. So anyway, I see that we are coming up on the break. So Doug is waving at me. So call us at 888-627-6008 to be part of the show today. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. <laughs> We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea. Joining us today, call us at 888-627-6008. Be part of the program. So let's get back to where we were here. And where was that, son? Oh, let's see, right here. Uh, a lot of you don't realize this, but I am also a ventriloquist. Uh, 
we may throw one of those ventriloquists partners of mine uh, in the show now and then starting next year. <laughs> so, anyway, we want to be sure that, uh, that your, your consultant does his job and gives you a bid, an independent bid prior to starting uh, sending it out to bid for contractors and get it. If you can't do that, at least you can get at least two bids. Sometimes it's difficult to find three bids when people are real busy. Uh, you'll get one bid that's high in the sky high, like 298000 versus 161000 on that last project we described earlier. Uh, it's just scary to me that, that you can take one bid and hang your hat on that. So uh, the problem now is nobody will do it for that. And we don't even know what that is. I don't, we don't know what the additional money needed is going to be. Is it, you know, this was a $40,000 project or 45000 and now it's, is it going to be 60000 Is it going to be 49000 or 50000 Or is it going to be 100000 Who knows what it's going to be because, one, the consultant didn't bid the project independently as they were instructed to do by the guideline, and they didn't get but one bid. And that may have been because their people were just too busy and didn't want to bid, but all of a sudden now he's got several contractors looking at the job. If they're going to look at it, that means they got time now to bid on the job. So that's too bad they didn't do it in the first place. What we do is we put a bid together, we give you prices, we pop the prices out with a click of a button, and, and then email that to several contractors to bid. As they come back in, we have them to compare to. Frankly, I don't look at each line item too strongly. I look at the bottom line. If the bottom line is within the range of the contingency reserve, the loan can be closed. They don't have to change numbers. They don't have to match numbers. Uh, we're not supposed to match numbers, by the way, with the contractor. If your bid and the contractor's bid match, the consultant can be removed from the, uh, the roster, although dead people aren't. Friends of mine who have passed away, I should say, have not been removed from the list in some cases for quite a while. But anyway, so at this point, what do we do to save the project? One, there obviously has to be more money put into this. How much? That'll depend on the numbers that come out of the blind bid with you know, the contractors. But if you've already told them that this money is already set at Forty thousand or forty-five thousand dollars. It's going to be difficult to get those guys to bid. So you may have to go find a couple more contractors and let them bid it blind. Don't give them any assumptions. Don't give them any numbers. Uh, but who vetted the contractor? Whoever vetted the contractor may have some liability in this case. The lender typically vets the contractor, but it doesn't sound like that was done, or they would have explained to him that this is a standard 203K, and there is no upfront money. Uh, wow. That ensures they understand the issues that plague a contractor with regards to a renovation loan. Uh, no more money. You could try a Title I loan. Uh, 
but we will caution you, an FHA Title I loan is pretty easy to get. Uh, you can get up to $25,000 on a single-family house, but HUD is not stupid, and don't you think for a minute they are. If you have a scope of work and a bid, and you've, he underbid it, did he underbid it by missing items? Or did he underbid it by uh, finding all the items and just underbidding them? Because a Title I loan is also a construction loan. It has to be uh, for a shorter time period, or it expires and must be paid off before the original loan. So your original loan is a 30-year loan, then you could get a 20-year loan, a 20-year Title I loan. Uh, secondly, the Title I loan is limited to 25000 on a single-family house or $12,000 per unit up to five units. I know I once purchased 14 units and immediately went down and uh, they needed work, and I was able to pull $60,000 out on a Title I loan for the for the maximum of five units, and that's pretty cool. So if you're an investor out there, you should know this thing. Um, you should know your, your limits and how to pull some money out of those bigger projects in order to get you started, get, get you some upfront cash. So once we get these bids in, blind bids from the, some uh, other contractors, and we find out exactly what that number should be, what is this job really going to cost, um, then we can take a peek at that. Uh, you can get the Title I loan up to 25000 So if it's within $25,000, we are in. The next problem becomes when you get a Title I loan, you have to give them a list of the things that are going to be accomplished or remodeled with that Title I money. And they cannot be the same. They can't, they're not going to loan you on the same items that you had in the original scope of work. So now what do you do? So, I mean, if you were going to do a new roof and the original scope of work was underbid by, let's say they bid $2,500 to do the entire roof when everybody knows it's going to be $6,500. Now we got a problem. You're going to have to explain this to the people doing the Title I loan that, that your contractor underbid the loan and the new contractor can't do it for that and hope that they will understand and be understanding and make that loan. Because typically, you cannot get a Title I loan for the same things that are on a FHA 203K. That makes it difficult. If you're adding work scope things, uh, scope of work things, then you might be able to survive this thing. But that's where we are. It's uh, it's going to be uh, between a rock and a hard place for a while until this things gets ironed out and figured out. So I heard just recently that the, uh, I mean, within the last day, I think it was Friday, we got an email from FHA saying that the limited 203K limits are changing in targeted neighborhoods, Community Reinvestment Act neighborhoods. Uh, they're going from their 35000 to the 50000 but 
only in those designated areas. So, and at this point, it's not done. It's not a done deal. They're asking. They're taking the next 30 days. They're going to be taking comments from interested parties, people who are in the business, as to why or why they shouldn't do this change. Uh, the big thing I see is, from what I've heard from HUD, is limited 203Ks, where they do not typically use a consultant, are their biggest problem. I heard, and I don't know if it's true, 98% of the problem 203Ks are limited 203Ks. So let's make the amount higher. <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why would you increase the bad part of your, your business? I, it just doesn't make any sense at all. So anyway, I think we're going to go over this a little. We went over this uh, some time ago, but I'm going to hit it again on one of our shows. But it, you need a, an FHA 203K consultant for whatever you you uh, reason, okay? It can be that you're a limited 203K and you want the comfort of having a 203K consultant work with you. But what you should, what should you expect? The borrower says, my lender recommended a consultant. I called the consultant and he suggested I get a contractor's bid prior to ordering his services. My contractor had experience with the FHA 203K program and indicated that he, that the consultant gave them mis, gave her misinformation. Lucky for the client that happened, because in the case right above that we just talked about, uh, the consultant didn't bid the job. He asked for a contractor's bid, and he based his scope of work on what the contractor gave him. So that's not what a consultant is. Just let me clear the air here. The consultant should be the first call you make. They'll work with you to create a scope of work and then provide you with an independent bid for your project per the HUD guideline. This is empowering. It empowers you as the client because now you know what to expect when you get the bids coming in. A blank scope of work would be sent out to contractors to, that you're going to have bid the project. This saves time because a consultant can quite often bid the job much faster than a contractor who must have their subcontractors out in many cases and provide their bids and then he takes those bids and he marks them up 20% or more in some cases and then he provides you with his bid. So if you're being asked for bids uh, prior to getting your consultation, your consultant is in violation of the HUD guideline. If you, as a lender, are suggesting contractor bids prior to the consultation, you are therefore participating in the violation of the HUD guideline. And we do know there's a few out there doing that, uh, where they tell the clients, hey, the fastest way to close an escrow is, is to get that contractor bid or two in before we start the ball rolling. Well, that's not the right way to do it, and it will eventually get you in trouble. Um, this, of course, doesn't have any effect on the limited 203K, which doesn't need a consultant. And you can have up to five trade contractors. So you can have a plumber, you can have a roofer, uh, an electrician. You can have these different uh, parties that are participating. Uh, 
know what? I think uh, that that's good. I think we're going to take a, another quick break. So if you want to uh, hang in there with us, we're going to get into that in a little uh, deeper here. But call us at 888-627-6008 to be part of the show. Uh, hang in there. We're going to be right back. Stay tuned. We've been looking for a home in a great neighborhood, but they're all too small. Then we heard about the FHA 203K loan program, where we can add a room or two when we purchase and get a single loan to cover both the purchase and the room addition. What a great idea! about a half a point 
higher than, that's half a percent higher than a standard loan on that same project without any, const any construction. So if you've got a construction project and the real number is $100,000 to fix this house up just the way you want it, but Aunt Mary left you $70,000. So I want to keep the 203K down to $30,000, and I will use $70,000 to do extra work. What's that going to do to your project? It's going to make you look, your consultant, look like they don't know what they're doing because it's going to take, instead of three months, it's going to take six months or more to finish the $100,000 project. But nobody knows it's a $100,000 project until the consultant does the first draw because you managed to keep that a big secret. What would have been a better way? Well, the better way would have been saying, hey, I've got $70,000 I'm going to put down, and I want to do a $100,000 project. Now, why? Because when you put $70,000 plus your 3.5% down, you're probably sitting at 20% down. And if you are, we might be able to get you into a homestyle loan, which has no PMI. But by putting in the bare minimum, you got that PMI, private mortgage insurance. What is it? I think it's around about, what is it, three quarters of a percent now? Maybe it's 1%. So let's say your whole loan, your entire loan is... Uh, 500000 you got $500 a month. Uh, you, know, you got 75% of that, so you got $400 a month. Insurance premium you're paying that doesn't insure you. It insures the lender. I'll be dying. It insures HUD it, so that if the, they have to take the property back, they've got insurance so that they don't take a big loss. So a smart way to have been done is to put that 70000 down. Tell them that I'm earmarking part of this as the contingency reserve. $100,000 project, we have a 20% contingency reserve. So I want uh, 20000 of my seventy as contingency reserve. Why? Because at the end of the project, if the contingency reserve isn't totally used up, Anything that's still there is returned to you in a check. Isn't that cool? But let's look at a couple of these scenarios. Uh, scenario number one, the borrower wants to make his job as low as possible with time. retiring. The contractor starts working on the project and calls for his first draw. Um, nice. The demo is complete. Whoops. There's a whole bunch more demo that than we called for because uh, that calls the question. Why did you tear out all these additional walls in the bathroom and and that had nothing to do with our scope of work? Then we get the answer. The borrower is having me do a much greater scope than you guys did. And he's got all $70,000 here to do it. Well, now as we progress, the new work will take time away from the, the approved project scope, making it seem like they... Uh, are just taking a lot longer, and maybe when you get there, nothing on your project is. I had one where the lady says, I'd like you to check his work on this other stuff, too. 
ma'am, I can only check his scope of work. That's why I was hired to do this scope of work, not that. Well, I don't think he's keeping this up to par. I think he's doing substandard work. And I said, yes, but you purposely kept us out of it. So now we are out of it. That's what you did, is kept us out of it. So the borrower meets you at the next draw and complains about the work in that scope. Not, excuse me, that wasn't in our scope. Not being completed in a workmanlike manner or in a timely manner. We can't talk to them. You know, we're not paying for that work. We're not inspecting that work. And frankly, we don't care that it was completed in a less than professional manner because you didn't involve us. In fact, you went way out of your way to make sure we weren't involved. And now you want us to get involved? You know, we really do care. But we're helpless to do anything about it. It wasn't in the planning. It wasn't in where we were going with things. So. Uh, a better way to close that, again, is to conclude all the work you're planning. Put the money you had to put on the project anyway, put it down. Okay, now, use this project. Um, your project could have been a home style. It could have been no PMI. There's a lot of things that that might have happened for you that cannot happen now. So, scenario number two. The borrower presents a project to the bar uh, to do a sizable project, but there isn't quite enough money to do all that is laid out to be done. I say, you can't do all this for the budget you have presented. It's not possible. Then the other foot hits the floor. Well, we've got you know, 45000 more that we're going to put into this project that we didn't want you to know about. We're just going to have hire the contractor to do this additional work. So... When you when you do that, you're you're again taking away our ability to help you. So you could have uh, got us on your team by putting that money down on your loan. Maybe it'll create the twenty percent down you need. Maybe it won't. But with the three and a half percent you already did, it'll certainly be more down. And like Fannie Mae Homestyle, they have a progressive PMI. Okay, so you put more down, uh, maybe you only have, uh, you're putting 10% down. Then they have, they don't charge you the PMI they would on a 20% down loan, uh, or on a zero down, or a 5% down. But again, the best way to do it is to include all the work you're planning so we can help you keep all the work up to par. And if you're putting down more than 20%, then you're going to flag that other money as contingency reserves. So you get it back if it's not needed. Uh, some contractors look at it as a challenge to figure out how do I get that contingency money because it's mine. And I'll tell you right now, it isn't theirs. It isn't theirs. I had a contractor early in the game that tried to pull that little trick on us and said, we upgraded the kitchen cabinets. So I looked around and found the tag on the kitchen cabinets, and I said, look at that. It's exactly what we called for. Oh, well, then wait a minute. Maybe we upgraded the roof. No, you didn't upgrade anything. That is the roof that we called for, too. So if your consultant is writing your specification of repairs properly, then you're not going to have room for ambiguity. You're going to have... Uh, everybody's going to be happy. So the, 
the more detail you have in your scope of work, the better it is. Now, a two by four is a two by four, but you know you're going to have uh, you're going to put in new cabinets. Do you need to describe those cabinets? Is it builder quality or is it uh, solid wood? You know you can't put particle board in a, in an FHA loan. Particle board doesn't there. So we have a a standard comment that we do when you're putting in cabinets that particle board is not acceptable and will not be acceptable. One day we went to a a project to do uh, to check on cabinetry and kitchen, and we get there and everything is pressed wood. And I told the contractor, I said, "Did you read the specification? No, pressed wood. Yeah, but this is they got 30, 30 year warranty on these pressed wood cabinets." I said, "What does no pressed wood mean to you? Does it mean it's okay if it has a thirty year warranty?" I don't believe it does. So that's that's just too bad when they when they buy them, install them, and then they want to get paid, and they find out that they didn't follow the directions. Uh, you know, sometimes these FHA loans go sideways, uh, but as soon as they go sideways is the best time to fix them. So if you are having a problem or you are coming up with what you think is going to be a problem, get a hold of us at 203k911.com. Tell us right away. We can help you avoid the problem altogether, possibly. And if we can do it over the phone, it's absolutely no charge. Uh, so it gives you someone to talk to. A consultant out there, if you screwed up a job and now you realize it and you need help to figure it out, give us a call. We're happy to work with you uh, behind the behind the scenes so, and try to help you figure out what can we do. And sometimes it's better just talking about these things with another consultant that's been around. We've done thousands, literally uh, tens of thousands of these 203Ks with our uh, associates. So but we hear all kinds of stories. One of our associates in New Jersey called me years ago, and he said that they went out for a draw inspection. The client said, we got about $30,000. We need to get a draw. And he gets there, and he finds no work on his scope of work has been completed, not one item. Wow. I asked him, I said, well, after you came back, how much how much are you going to pay him on that scope? And he says, I can't pay him anything. And I said, darn, that is perfect. You can't pay him anything. Uh, you must go by the scope of work. If it's not in the scope, you can't pay for it. It's that simple. So that's where the, uh, when the appraiser comes out, they expect to see your scope of work complete. And if they don't, uh, everybody's going to, something's going to hit the fan <laughs> somewhere there. That same inspector called me a week later and he had another job, same issue. And this one, when the, when the contractor showed up to do the work, uh, they thought it was funny because the homeowners told him, he said, scrap that scope of work. We're going to do something entirely different. Well, no, you're not. Not with the money from FHA guaranteed loan. Uh, we go to great lengths to ensure this doesn't happen to you. HUD thought they did, um, but they didn't with the borrower's acceptance of conditions. And again, 
on the borrower's acknowledgement notifying the borrower no changes to the scope of work would be allowed. So, uh, anyway, no changes can be made, and it's but but when HUD put that stuff in the borrower's acceptance of conditions and the borrower's acknowledgement, telling the borrower that there will be no changes, you can't make changes. You didn't tell the contractor. So when the borrower goes renegade on you and makes changes, the contractor was totally oblivious. He says, well, you're my boss. I guess i got to make those changes. Well, the contractor wasn't duly informed in HUD's paperwork. It's just not. The, it's, it's twice it was told to you to the borrower, you can't make changes. So what we've done to alleviate that, and what I recommend all consultants do, is put a stipulation in there. We call them notes. We have eight or nine of them. Uh, the eighth one is contractor nor homeowner can has the right to change the specification of repairs without prior written authorization from the lender and the consultant. By signing below, the contractor and the homeowner and their agent certify and agree that they have read these specifications of repairs in its entirety and hereby agree uh, to its terms. I just caught a spelling there. <laughs> uh, conditions, procedures, policies, dimensions, pricing, and all that stuff. Uh, and holds a consultant free from liability for any possible future damages that might occur. So, let's see, we've got uh, Dougie waving at me over there. Apologize, Doug. Not Dougie. Anyway, call, I uh, had a brother-in-law named Dougie. But uh, call us at 888-627-6008. Be part of the show. We appreciate your calls and questions. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay tuned. We found the perfect house, but there's been no updating it for many years. Then we heard about the FHA 203K, where we can buy that home and get the money to fix it up all in one low interest rate loan. What a great idea. back with you. Give us a call at 888-627-6008 and join us. Be on the show with us. Uh, you know, we had a, I was doing a job in South Carolina years ago and the clients were just wonderful people. Uh, most of our clients are wonderful people, by the way. I'm not suggesting South Carolina is any better than anywhere else, but they had this beautiful home. It the yard was immaculate, and it was interesting because it was built up. What looked like the second floor was where you entered the house, the way the hill went in the front yard. You, you could walk straight into the upper floor. But in the back of the house, everything was uh, an entire basement. It was above ground, an unfinished basement. And they said, that, you know, we, we love our neighborhood. The schools are great for the kids, but our family has outgrown our home uh, because of the new baby we got on the way. 
So we heard about this FHA 203K program where we can add a room or two. Can we finish the basement? And I said, absolutely, we can finish that basement. Uh, so they're refinancing after those years and to a low interest, 30-year loan. What a great idea. It really is. So anyway, Richmond, California, my home town. I grew up in Richmond, California, in San Pablo. Uh, we were, the, I think, the second largest employer in San Pablo for years with 120 employees. Uh, but it's always a treat to do business in your hometown where you've been. You know, At least I've always felt that way. But over the years, we've done hundreds of projects in my hometown. I remember one we did on a home where the city was demolishing several homes on that block. We got a call. We were meeting the client out there. And uh, these homes apparently were dilapidated. They were falling apart. Uh, the city sent notices to the owners that they had to fix them up or they were going to knock them down. And, and Bill, you know, put a lien on the property. And those uh, people really had moved out of the area and they really didn't care to live there anymore. And quite a few of them just came in and threw their deeds at the at the building inspection department. He says, you keep the damn property. We don't want that. You know, do whatever you want with it, but we don't want it. In any case, the client and I set up an appointment to see the house. I get out there a few minutes early, and I'm looking for the address. And I think, well, I must have a wrong street or something. There's no house here. That's interesting. But about then, the client showed up, looked around, and he says, oh, are you Mike? And I said, yeah. And he, we introduced ourselves and started talking, and he looks around, and he says, well, something's different here. Uh, where did my house go? <laughs> the city had taken out one too many homes on that street, taking my client's house as well. Uh, I've always been a problem solver. I, I pride myself on being able to, to find answers where no one else can. And it's, it's fun, it's, it's a challenge but sometimes, but it's most of the time it's pretty simple. Uh, in this case, I called the city. Actually, I called HUD from the site, and I got a hold of the engineering contact there, uh, which we used to do reach out to all the time, and uh, we haven't done that in quite a while because of the way HUD went from 80 offices or 81 offices nationally down to the four HOCs, Home Ownership Centers, or HOCs, as they call them. Anyway, the HUD rep asked me, uh, did you see any of the original foundation there, yet? any part of it? And I said, well, there's three piers laying on the site, but they're not standing up. They're not where they were originally. So he instructed me to be sure. He said, put them in my truck. He said, put them in your truck, as if I had a truck. I don't drive trucks. My wife might have, but uh, Cadillac is what I was driving at the time. Luckily, they had a contractor show up that was going to do the job. We asked him to put them in his truck. We want to make sure that these things are installed. Uh, all three of those piers should be installed strategically in the crawl space so they can be seen easily from the crawl space. Uh, and, and that's how HUD was great at doing that. And then uh, HUD... At that point, I didn't realize, you know, HUD was not a hard-lined outfit. Today they are. It's not Ben Carson's fault. It's just the way things are. Uh, 
with this FHA 203K. They don't look, don't think you're going to get away with this today. Don't even try it. Uh, they're very hardline currently. In the meantime, what was going to go on this house? At this point, they were thinking about renovating this house, but they were thinking about putting in a manufactured home. Some neighborhoods lend themselves to manufactured homes over stick-built homes, but there's so many manufactured homes, they're sold and they maintain their value just as if they were a stick-built home. The big advantage is you put the foundation in, you get your concrete perimeter foundation sitting up there and your pier and posts are all set in place. Then they bring this home in and set it on that foundation. That is amazing. What did you just achieve? There's never been anything on the site that could be stolen. So neighborhoods, if, if a gang is operating there or just homeless people operating there and you've got a stick-built house that you're building and it's you got concrete uh, perimeter foundation, but you got copper. Copper used to be easily sold easily sold on the, on the market. Uh, a lot of people now have, there have been rules put in that they have, if you take a bunch of copper, specific, you know, particularly if it's in good shape, looks like you just stole it off a job, and you try to sell it, they have to ask you where it came from and show us, show us a receipt where you got it. Uh, so that has gone way down. And the use of PEX uh, and some kinds of PVC pipes work uh, better. Uh, the ABS pipes for drain lines and so forth are uh, less apt to be stolen from projects. But when the house comes in fully up and right, and uh, FHA 203K, once the concrete foundation is in place, we can pay for it. Once the new perimeter foundation, if it needed a new one, uh, is there, we can pay for it. So you can get a draw inspection. You got the driveways in, we can pay for them. You got the house sets down, now we can pay for all the components. Now, I've done a lot of these uh, manufactured homes over the years, and what we've done is every time a manufactured home is uh, being constructed or put on a property, if you talk to the manufacturer, you can get a detailed breakdown of the parts so that your consultant can break them down into the various categories. So you can put the plumbing in the plumbing section and the electrical in the electrical section, the roofing in the roofing section, and so forth, which it needs to be in order to fit the guideline. So you can break it down and put it in that way, and you've got a nice breakdown with cost and footages, square footages, linear footage. It's all in the breakdown, and you get that right from the manufacturer uh, home, whoever manufactured that home. They will provide that to you. And now when you go out there to do your second draw, after the house is set and bolted or attached to the foundation, once it's done and it's set on the foundation, you can pay for the roofing, the siding, the framing. You can pay all those different things. So effectively, the second draw is you're paying for the entire manufactured home. Now, maybe the final hookups aren't quite there. Uh, but you can pay for them on the next row. So anyway, um, 
we are having so much fun with this. I can't tell you. And it's fun to talk to the homeowners. You know, like the phone's going to ring this afternoon. It's going to ring all day tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to people that heard the show today. And uh, I, I just encourage you to call in on the show. It, it'll make it more interesting for everybody. But thank you for being with us today. We appreciate that. Uh, broadcasting, of course, we broadcast from our Las Vegas offices in Las Vegas, Nevada. If you want to visit us, you feel free to do that. Uh, if you need to write it off, that's a good way to do that. But join us next week, Sunday, between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Please bring your questions and plan on calling in. But until then, may God bless you. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. Right.